Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier. I'm, of course, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, which somehow you see every single show without fail. <gasps> there are two today. Super I just fun. brought mine. I know. Can you imagine the guests not being aware that they're meant to show off my book every time? Um, I am also a speaker and facilitator. I'm, of course, joined by my gorgeous co-host, the very talented talent acquisition professional, the one, the only amazing Glenn Martin. He was pulling faces, trying to distract me at the beginning there, but I ignored him. Today, I'm very, very excited to be talking about quite an unusual topic as well, with the one, the only, and the incredibly fabulous Robin Schooling, except I can't even remember. Robin, welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. Welcome, Robin. Welcome. It's good to have a little bit of social in our our social distancing uh, life now. (laughs) Oh, I'm not sure Ashley falls into cultural. That's quite worrying. Oh, I feel pressured out of behave. <laughs> yeah, just a little, a little bit, a little bit. Behave a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit, not too much. Yeah. Well, listen, before we get into the topic of the show, yeah, before we get into the topic of the show, let's let's find out a little bit more about Robin uh, for those that may may not know who you are. Robin, could mm. you tell us how you kind of got into recruitment and what you're currently doing in the world? Sure. Of well, I um, uh, as many um, have, uh, I fell into it once upon a time. Um, <laughs> Many, 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 many years ago, um, I went into an agency um, with absolutely no skills um, to have them help me find a job to, to, to get a placement. And um, rather than placing me somewhere, they hired me. And um, Bollocks. So, yeah. All these years later, still stuck in it. <laughs> right? So I started, and it was a catch-all, you know, receptionist kind of kind of job, um, yeah. which was great because I got exposed to everything. So, um, oh, so I, you know, I met with all the, all the candidates coming in. I did the testing. I, you know, was a backup for, uh, we did some staffing, you know, we did staffing as well as direct placement. So I was a backup for payroll. I mean, I just kind of dove oh, wow. into a bunch of things and um, was there about a year and realized that um, while I loved the recruiting aspect of it, I didn't necessarily want to do like the full desk agency kind of a thing because okay. I just I, I couldn't envision myself doing the um, the sales aspect of it, if you will. So um, the business development. Oh, yeah. So I left and I went into an HR department um, at a bank and um, started there um, again, sort of a, a administrative position, but after a year moved into um, in-house recruiting and um, never looked back then from that. And so over the course of my career have have gone back and forth from in-house recruiting and in-house recruiting leadership, leadership roles to straight on HR, um, HR director, VP of HR roles like that. So of course, recruiting always fell in my domain, um, but I probably... 70% of my career has been HR and 30% in-house recruiting. Um, and um, about a year and a half ago, left um, to join what is now Paradis Group. Um, and we are an HR consulting firm. And so we do HR tech consulting, three practice areas, HR tech, um, we do contract recruiting and um, I always say small scale RPO, you know, we're not a Allegis or a CLO or something like that. Um, and then we have an HR and people strategy practice, which is, which is my baby. So. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. 
so for like the subject of today's show. Oh, sorry, no. I just quite yeah. like the idea of someone going the recruitment path into HR because it's it doesn't happen so often, and most of the time, no. I think recruiters sit there going, "I'm sorry, what do HR do other than that?" Like, well, and then you know, and I really kind of purposely did a recruiting like a gargoyle to you as well, Glenn, or just me. It's always been my, um, you know, it's always been my love. So I would, I would do HR for a while, yeah. you know, three, four, five years in, in a role. And then I left and I would go back into in-house recruiting for three, four, five yeah. years, you know? So I went back and went back and forth. And, um, you know, the beauty of that is, um, you know, there are so many, Typical HR people, which always amazes me, who say, "Oh well, I you know recruiting is my least favorite part of it." I'm thinking, "Oh my God, it's my favorite part." Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's the most crucial part. It's the most crucial part. Company, and um, you know, when I was in when I was in um, in HR roles, especially kind of, um, I worked for a global organization once, and I was a I was a peon, you know, out here in the hinterlands of the U.S. Um, with about with three sites that I was basically the, you know, HR business partner for. And, um, and our corporate recruiting team sat in another part of the country and I just despised everything about them because I'm in HR and they're in recruiting. What are they doing? Um, <laughs> but at the same time, when I was in recruiting, in health yeah. recruiting, and we were part of HR, I would be like, I hate these HR people. What are they doing? What are they doing? Speed hamster hiring. What are they doing? I just yes. want my contract. I want someone to start. Yeah, I know it's frustrating, isn't it? It's all communication, isn't it? Obviously, we're grossly oh, yeah. generalizing, and not all companies are like that. Exactly. Whoever I just defended. Yeah. <laughs> caveat. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Cool. So the subject of today's show. Have we? Uh, have we got that? Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Dun, dun, dun. Open hiring, I think not. So just for people that don't <laughs> actually know what open hiring is, Robin, could you give, kind of just give us your definition of open hiring? Yeah, yeah. so, and it's actually trademarked now. That phrase is trademarked. Yes, um, really? I think I had to trademark it in the book, didn't I? Uh-huh. They, um, we actually kind of started this discussion and when Katrina and I kind of talked about doing the show, it was probably, I don't know, a month or pre-virus. so. Pre-virus. Um, <laughs> pre um, because I, uh, there had been some articles about it and I wrote a blog mm -hmm. post kind of summarizing things about open and hiring. It's, and it's on page 104 of the book. 104. <laughs> um, so there's um, there was a company, Grayson Bakery in New York, mm. that um, kind of kicked it off, and ultimately they've okay. they've they've started a company slash foundation, and that's where they've trademarked the term open hiring. Yeah, but it's um, you know, it, it's it, it's very appealing to me, and you know what they started it with was this concept of. Um, you know, we need people to work, people that want to work for us, um, you know, want to work for us for a certain reason. We know we need basic things from them. And what are those basic things? Let's make it as easy as possible to connect people to the job um, is, is the beauty of it. And so their their model at the bakery was basically three questions. Um, you know, uh, when are you available? You know, here's the job. Can you do it? Um, what shifts can you work? And the people would basically sign up on a list 
and okay. hiring need would arise, go down the list and, and okay, Bob, you're hired, come on in and start work. And then they would determine through that work and through that performance, okay, you know, Bob's got it going on. Bob's a good fit. Maybe Bob mm -hmm. can to be a picker and packer, but Bob's mm -hmm. skills and interests lie in, you know, uh, accounting. And so we're going to work mm -hmm. with Bob to get him there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so no background checks, no, like yep. straight out of jail. Not, it doesn't matter. Straight yep. off the street. Oh, really? Matter. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Op open. So you're stripping out kind of any unconscious bias. You're stripping out any perhaps unconscious, conscious discrimination yeah. um, based on social uh, education or that sort of thing. It's giving awesome. people a fresh start. Proper, mm -hmm. proper opportunities from scratch. Yeah. Show us what you can do. And will per se assess, judge, and train you based on the capabilities mm -hmm. you illustrate to us, irrespective of anything that's come before. Awesome. Yeah. And the um, so the the impetus for these articles recently being written about it um, was the was telling the story of the body shop mm -hmm. because the body shop has adopted this model as well. So they took their mm -hmm. recruiting team, their HR team. And they sent them through the open hiring academy yep. that the bakery had established yep. in the summer. They went and they looked at it. Then they went through this, this training academy. And the body shop decided to adopt it for their distribution centers. Um, okay. So they did that this past December, knowing that, of course, it's busy time. And every year in December, you know, November, December, we hire thousands of people, put them in these mm -hmm. distribution centers. You know, it's lengthy process to bring in these seasonal workers. Yeah. Um, turnover, you know, we're, we're interviewing, we're doing all these things. You know, um, we still have turnover. Um, we're still churning through a bunch of people. Maybe there's a better way and 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 a less complicated way. So the body yeah. shop tested this out over this past holiday season. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here, but... Um, you know, they, they measured the impact of it. Their turnover of this group of people that they brought in through open hiring was down dramatically. I mean, it was down like yeah. 40%. Yeah, because um, you can imagine what it's like. Like a lot of the criminal convictions here in the UK are things like driving offences. But if you're honest and you tick the box and you say you've got a criminal conviction, you don't get a start. Yeah, yeah. So it's like people get a start and then they're loyal. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Roberts, I don't even know if I want to pull this question in at such a curveball of a question. Yeah, okay, yeah. so one, you're assuming that we end up at this percentage. Hopefully okay. it won't happen. But Jeremy, if will companies still feel the need to do this? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, hide, wrong one. This one, sorry. Well, uh, with 20 to 30% unemployment, will felons still get these types of opportunities? Tricky, Ooh. tricky, Jeremy. Tricky. Yeah. Plus, plus, you're yeah. expecting the worst here that we're going to go to twenty to thirty percent unemployment. Well, you know, I think that's a. I'm it, hoping we're yeah, not. <laughs> that's a, here, here's that's a. It depends. Answer really, I think, because I think the companies that were embracing this model or this concept, um, you know, you look at the work that Smart Recruiters has done, right? With mm -hmm. you know, bringing disenfranchised job seekers into the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Companies that have embraced that anyway, let's give people a chance. They're going to keep doing it. Um, I, I think potentially the companies that were on the bubble, you know, you maybe have a champion in recruiting or HR or even a leader that said, hey, let's, um, 
you know, let's give people a chance. Can we throw out convictions? Can we throw out whatever? Um, they may take a pause now because yeah. Oh, well let's get out the end of, end of the Rona here and see what the job seeker market looks like. And, you know, maybe yeah. we'll revisit later. Yeah. I think, yeah, that maybe. might happen. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's, um, Curveful to, question. To yeah, to Jeremy's <laughs> point though, I think just and to add to what Robin is saying there, is sometimes I think it, it might be industry specific as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of, I think there's a number of sort of things to, to kind of consider within that, but ultimately, yeah. Uh, kind of fair and open competition when it comes to employment should be yeah. something that every company adopts, irrespective yeah. of the mm. times they're in, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, it's in the U.S. here, it's, it uh, as with so many things, you know, sort of this slow trickle of change around that because certain states have, over the last couple of years, have instituted ban the box legislation where you can't even ask, the box. you know, an applicant. Um, but even in those ban the box states um, or for certain industries, yes, there are some, sometimes when this concept may not work, you or the full concept may not work. You may of course, but for mm. many jobs. Right. You know, because again, if you've got a criminal conviction for, driving too fast, which is what the majority of, of men here in the UK especially have yeah. it for. It seems crazy. But, yeah. you know, I get that some financial institutions certainly wouldn't like it. <laughs> Someone's got like yeah. a, you know, I was a yeah. hacker or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess some, yeah, some heavily regulated <laughs> industries might struggle with that because they're, they're then yes. kind of subject to regulatory oversight from, you know, right. uh, FCA, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. I, th I think to your point, the, the open hiring principle is, really to try and strip out unconscious bias and perhaps unnecessary mm -hmm. boundaries, hurdles to employment, and mm -hmm. maybe some historic benchmarks. So i.e. the old, mm. if they don't have a degree in this particular field, therefore mm. they can't, you know, kind of develop in it. Mm. If we can kind of get to a point where the open open hiring principle is applied, I think that, that could be really exciting. You know, yeah. you know, hiring on the basis of future capability, you know, ability to learn really quickly and then yeah. use that learning in a practical commercial environment, you know, that's, that's probably more valuable than having a degree. Yeah. So idea. one of the uh, <laughs> things we were talking about, like the fact that in just shut, can you tell it's Friday? Such a short period of time. It, apparently it is. I actually know it's Friday, weirdly. I'm really not struggling with the adoption. Strange after 10 and a half years yeah. of working at home. Um, it, you know, pipeline deferred or not. Um, still busy. But the um, we were talking about how pre-corona versus it's already here amongst us. It was that open hiring was almost a, a thing, but now actually like a, an I ideal almost. But now it's yeah. actually tons of companies. I know here certainly we need people to stack our shelves. So they're just taking them in. Are you having a similar, cause we were talking about this, weren't we? Yeah. So um, I've, I've been curious about that to see how that's playing out. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, yep, this is the perfect time. There's companies can, you know, streamline their process, get people in. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got, you know, you know, Amazon hiring hundred thousand. And, and I was looking at a list this morning, of course, you know, same as it is, um, 
around the world, really, you know, what are the essential businesses? So, you know, your, your, your grocery and your delivery and your pharmacies and that sort of thing. Apparently so, here it's wine shops, ah, yes. which I find kind of shocking, but apparently. <laughs> but we can buy that at the grocery stores here. So that's fine. Oh, we um, can as well. Okay. <laughs> and there's well, still I, a, um, yeah, it's, but they're all shutting it. We've got eight to eight now. A, a lot of the supermarkets okay. so that they can mm. restock the shelves because people amazingly are still panic buying. <laughs> anyway. So I looked up, um, you know, and there's tons of companies. So I just picked one at random, yeah. which was CVS because CVS yeah. said we're hiring, um, you know, 50,000 people. 50,000 so CVS, for those that don't know, is pharmacy, right? Pharmacy. Pharmacy. Right. So we need them to pharmacy. And and uh, retail, you know. So yep. so um, I thought, okay, well, let me go and see if I can find a job at CVS. So um, I went I went to their website this morning. Um, we went to their career page. Um, love, you know, beautifully branded. If we all know Carrie Noon is you know, <laughs> handles that, so yep. you know, looks looks fantastic. Um, you know, and they had a little bit of extra section, you know, hot jobs type of thing. So. I went in, put in my zip code. What's what's available? What can I do at CVS? Delivers the jobs to me. Um, great, you know. Um, so let me start. Let me let me see if they've adjusted their thinking. Hot jobs. Oh my God, we need people. Um, I'm gonna keep laughing every time Robin. So I had on. to. Um, <laughs> so I had to create a profile. Of course. Yeah. Um, oh. They use Brass Ring. Um, Oh. So I, um, you know, I had to create an account, um, mm -hmm. which was really just my name and my email. Um, then I hit, then I had to go in and apply for the job and looks and the first, the first screen of the apply is um, a little more, a couple fields, a little bit of demographic information. Looks like they added a drop down. I think they have some partnerships going now with other uh, hospitality, retail, people that have been mm -hmm. off because it asks, are you from one of our partners? And it's like Hilton and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, or nothing. Um, so I hit that and then I get to the application and I'm thinking this might be easy peasy, right? They know you're a partner. It might be, I've already picked my store that's down mm -hmm. the street from me that I want to work at. And uh, then I hit the application and again, props to them, candidate experience, being transparent on your application. So they have at the top of the application, this will take you an estimated X amount of time to complete. Right. It's still 26 to 30 minutes. So I, I, dropped I, I, I don't laugh. I don't last more than about five minutes. A drop off. Oh, um, I'd love to know what their drop off is. Here's here was an opportunity, and maybe they're working on it. We don't know, but I thought, man, if that would have been one of the first things I would have fixed, is here. Oh my God, we need to hire quickly. Fifty thousand mm. part time and temporary people. Mm. Why is this need to be this thirty minute application? And I think if you're gonna tell someone up front they're going to have a 26 to 30 minute application then you absolutely should go back to everybody because they've just given you all that time yes that's contradictory people i know yeah. but wow expect that of people to get through an application yeah. yeah do you think they're front loading it a bit robin so that if they front load the application process then 
perhaps the interviews need to be shorter, quicker, and they can make a decision quicker. But perhaps, perhaps not if, telling people that. So I, yeah. if you put in the effort up front, we'll make the interview and offer process really quickly. But, the, the, but what you've just described is people think half an hour at this stage, what's the rest of it going to be right. like? Right. Yeah. It, it, that's possible. And then I looked, you know, and again, they do a, they do a very nice job on their career page because they have listed. Um, now my assumption is this is normal. This was in normal times. They have listed here's our here's the process. You know, step one, two, one you'll register, two you'll apply for jobs, three rec a recruiter will review. You know, four uh, yeah. we'll do a screening call. Five um, if you pass the screening call. So they're still they still got all these steps yeah. listed. Five will be a interview with the store manager in person or video. And then six, if you pass that, you're hired. So they have the steps listed, no time frame on them. Um, uh, okay. You know, but they are, are they still doing that? I don't know. Is, is, so is, why have they had such, is, are there still a screening interview and then the store manager? I don't know. So why have all these jobs come about in during this? Mm. Well, I don't even know if my pharmacy is open, so I'm just a bit. Yeah. And so what we've seen here um, and, you know, we we went into lockdown or not lockdown, stay at home, um, I think the 20th. Um, but mm -hmm. the announcements for uh, for schools closing and um, stopping gatherings and all that happened March 14th, I think, 13th or okay. 14th. So we had started yeah. kind of the. Um, restaurants have to close yeah. all, that, mm -hmm. all that, you know, all that kind of yeah. jazz. And then we went and stayed home. And so of course people being people, you know, like everywhere else, we had to run on stores and people, you know, okay. so, and then the supply was kind of dwindling. So deliveries, everything is fine now. Um, it there is toilet easy, paper. But yeah, but um, you know, there was that initial, Oh my God, we can't keep up. And so mm. the stores were saying, we just, it, it, they struggle with maintaining staff in the best of times. Right. Quite you. frankly, you know, when you're yeah. making $10 an hour, it's like, you know, is this, you know, the greatest job in the world? So they struggle at the best of times. And then this, this hit and these, these folks that they had working were just, you know, you're there, you know, 12 hours a day and you're just, we're scheduling you like crazy. And, Maybe mm -hmm. some of those get sick and can't come to work, and and so um, just just keeping with the pace of that, um, mm -hmm. and then anybody in the supply chain. I have I have a friend, um, an HR friend here in town, who's the, the HR leader for a mid-sized business, about three hundred employees, but they do um, they do uh, produce and dairy. Mm -hmm that's their bit, you know, they, they're the warehouse, they're the distribution company. Um, so they're, they're as busy as ever. They're essential. Yeah, they're, they're, they're shipping out, they're delivering. Mm. Um, so they've been hiring. Um, they, they hire fairly regularly. They've got a good cadence going, but last week, she told me last week, their recruiter and they have a dedicated recruiter on their team. Um, she had two, Two days, they usually will have a group of new hires start every other week or so. Yeah, last week they had um, two groups start on two separate days, so right. they're hiring like like crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. We have um, a big problem here, and it would be interesting to hear whether your border's been shut. So obviously nobody is moving across Europe because we're all in lockdown, uh, which actually sounds yeah. quite similar to what you're talking about anyway. I think you are yeah. actually in lockdown. Um, and if we don't get fruit pickers, we, we're we not going to have any fruit. Like the country is going to be out of, because yeah. they're not, and it's like, do we go get them and buy them in? And and this is a bit like what's going to happen post-Brexit anyway, because they're, they're with the new right. system, they're not allowed mm. to come here and they're not allowed with a new point mm. system, which has already been introduced. So we're actually mm. seeing what's going to yeah. happen if yeah. that stays, if Boris doesn't change it. So yeah. are you having similar issues? Because um, I assume you have a lot of seasonal workers as well and you're, mm. you're probably ahead because you're so much warmer than we are here in the UK. Yeah, um, <laughs> like about so one, of the, <laughs> one of the um, one of the stories that came out here locally um, last week, a uh, week and a half ago, perhaps, is so here here in Louisiana, it is now crawfish season, right. and uh, so crawfish and oh, and then I'm just fruit. thinking about well, it. Yeah, <laughs> all the time, but we're needing in crawfish season, which yeah. is a huge thing, and so. Huge. I think 80% of crawfish that goes around the you know around the world comes from Louisiana. Yeah. And so crawfish um, the crawfish farmers and um, and um, processors um, were were raising their hand about, you know, a week and a half two weeks ago saying we don't have people to do the processing. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's one thing to harvest them and then and then the processing uh, piece of it is where yeah. they relied a lot on agricultural workers from Mexico or other countries to be able to yeah. come in. And that has been. Ugh. And, and it's, it's a huge wake up call for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. It's it really is. Yeah. You know, here we are and we're trying to go, Oh, well, you know, there's USA and there's Mexico and the Canada, you're all separate and it's same here in Europe. Well, we're not, we're all reliant on each other now because our food comes from everywhere and goes right. to everywhere and yeah. big wake up call which isn't necessarily a good thing for the planet. Uh, should I bring a couple of these comments in yeah, before I, I go John on a, a little greeny rant? Which one? Yeah, John, John Rose. I like Tom, yeah, yeah. so just, can I just share, yeah, Tom? Yeah, go for it. Hi, Tom. I don't think you've ever watched the show before. <laughs> I'm very honoured to have you on the show. The elephant in the room, there is disparate treatment of how minor offences like recreational marinara. Mar 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 oh, my God, I'm doing well. Mar mar <laughs> Uh, Actually, I must admit, I was ordering my CBD oil for the dog from uh, Amsterdam earlier, wondering if it would <laughs> arrive. <laughs> and I have to put it through my business card because it won't go through on my personal card. It's hilarious. God oh, knows wow. what they're going to think when they do my account. Anyway, uh, John Rose, do you really think what? these companies think that far ahead, Glenn? The process is no. the same today for the urgent needs as uh, of Walmart as it was before. Yeah. That's a good point, John. Uh, I think... Um, Perhaps if they're not thinking that far ahead, then uh, there's definitely an opportunity at the moment, right? Um, because certainly, as, as Robin pointed out with uh, CBS, yeah. the pharmacy, you know, if you're going to recruit en masse, you do need to think about how you might streamline that process or else you're just going to get mm -hmm. a bottleneck of one applicant. And then, you know, if there's a bottleneck, then ultimately people will just start to fall away. They'll just start to lose interest. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, when a lot of people are desperate to get to work now because they're right. desperate to get a salary, so somebody's faster. Right. They're just like you said, and, even before. 
and, and surely with the open hiring sort of um, model, Robin, they had to think about a different way of kind of structuring the recruitment process, right? So they couldn't go, well, this is how every other company does it. So if we right. stick to that kind of guideline, then we'll be okay. You've got to be prepared to not break, but very quickly change and spin up a new model to, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, meet those those hiring needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, I, well, I guess it's, go on, please. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I but I think it's, um, I think once we get, you know, once we uh, have a little time to digest this now, or or large hiring teams have the chance to kind mm. of digest this, it this is providing like the greatest living case study of um, what we everything to smooth out our processes. I mean, mm. it's like craziness because what what we and, and the collective we what what we thought was impossible. Um, mm-hmm. Out of necessity, we're learning is possible. Yeah, in, in, in some yeah. companies, you know, we didn't need, you know, three interviews to bring in Bob to work in our distribution center. You know, yeah. um, we didn't. Did we really need to do this pre-hire, you know, math test or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so we're probably going to learn lessons, hopefully, out of that, and because the the sad reality is that so many um, recruiting teams and HR teams and organizations um, have, you know, over time you take what, what was often very a simple process, person applied, mm. persons talked to, persons extended an offer. And over time we've added so much complexity and so yeah. many steps. Mm. And, mm. and now we have the opportunity to say, you know what, let's strip that, that shit out. And, and, you know what? What's the end result we need? Get people in the door. Get them to work. Yeah. And it's yeah. getting them in the door because, of course, the people have choice. Right. So, and the people will still have choice. Right. And, so, and I and I kind of want to go back to what Tom said because uh, you know that was an interesting yeah. comment as well um, with how convictions um, are viewed. And, and it gets back to that bias piece, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we look at certainly here in the U.S., um, the most simple little p- a possession charge, right? I'm walking down the street with a, a bag of weed in my pocket. Mm-hmm. If I'm um, if I'm a black male, I'm going to have a book thrown at me a whole lot more than yeah. a, a white male of the same kind of age, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it, Companies that can kind of adopt this, do we really need to look at conviction, you know, arrest records, or do we really need to do drug testing in some cases? I think that'll loosen this bit a little bit more, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Will be, um, you know, maybe we'll be addressing some of those systemic bias issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, oh, sorry. (laughs) The, uh, The unexpected, and Glenn heard me talk about this earlier. I've had two phone calls this week with insurance companies. So, you know, you're speaking to the customer support person and both of them were more relaxed and more chatty and it was a better connection between them and me because they weren't sitting in that open plan office where all you can hear is your colleagues behind you. It's very loud. They don't feel like they can just be a bit more human. And it was like such a difference in the from previous times that I spoke to them, to the point that the guy at his spot has actually upsold me because we had such a hilarious laugh at the beginning that I actually let him go through the process. And then I went, oh, you've got a point, maybe I should buy that. You know, whereas, <laughs> because 
he's at home relaxed and he just jokingly went, oh, my postman's here. I'm so excited. It's my event for the day. And I just started laughing from the top. So yeah. I, I just, I wonder about things like that, whether yeah. I see these unexpected benefits of, yeah. I don't know. What about from a comment from me? From a, yeah. <laughs> what about from an interviewee's perspective, right? So now we're doing it purely virtual, right? So we're proving the fact that it can it can happen purely virtual. Mm -hmm. What if actually, from uh, an interviewer's uh, interviewee's perspective, post COVID, people are like, well, why can't we do that all the time? That saves me a lot of time. Yeah. Saves me a lot of travel. Um, we get the same end results. So we've proven that. So historically, before we've always been, we need to make that final decision in person. Right. But actually, now yeah. we're being forced into a world we need to make a decision virtually. Yeah. Right. So we're proving the fact that it can happen. Mm -hmm. So actually, do we return to a, a new norm post-COVID where interviewees and candidates have a selection? Do they want to be purely virtual? Do they want a mix of in-person virtual? It's their choice mm -hmm. as opposed to Ooh. something mm -hmm. that is kind of mandated by the, by the company, you know? Mm -hmm. And we might get rid of the, um, we might get rid of the hiring managers because they still exist who um, like to like to form their opinion on, you know, did this person have a firm handshake or not? Maybe that'll be exactly. I thought she was just going to stop at hiring managers then. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah it's Robin. so true because culturally yeah. some people won't give you a firm handshake. In fact, they don't like it. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's that unconscious bias again, isn't it? They, yeah. didn't, they, didn't, they didn't, you know, sh shake my hand firmly enough. Surely there's got to be something wrong with them. You're just like... Right. Um, Actually, I, how do you I infer love, that from a handshake? I love what you're saying because uh, next week we're being a bit irreverent and still having a show on Good Friday because let's be fair, we all feel like we're on Groundhog Day and I don't think anyone's going away. Mm. So um, we've got Stephen Kosakow on, which I uh, I think, oh, Robin definitely knows Stephen. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. But he's mm. been in the situation where he's been flown to interviews. So he's had, sorry, no, he's had to pay to fly to interviews. They're meant to pay him back and then they haven't. So he's actually talking about candidate experience. But what you're saying, Glenn, is he could have said, no, nah, video interviews, until the yeah. last, perhaps, yeah. to say no, you know, so that I you don't end up in that situation. Um, I think where there may still be a, a, a struggle with that is um, for, certain, for certain jobs and for certain candidates because there are still, there is still this, um, I often get on my soapbox about this, but there is still this, this digital divide mm -hmm. that exists. Yeah, um, there are people that do not have the technology um, or the wherewithal, and and we sort of have. Oh, everybody has a smartphone. Well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, um, mm -hmm. they or they don't have a data plan. Um, here in mm -hmm. Louisiana, forty percent of households do not have uh, access to broadband or Wi-Fi. So <gasps> wow, it's via you know cellular data. Um, oh, okay. Right. So they, okay. Okay. Yeah. they have That's got cellular it, data. It, it, Sorry, it, it, they it, have it, got cellular yeah. data. Cellular data. Oh, right, um, yeah. But, it, you know, again, yeah. um, there's a lot of You know, you're making $9, $10 an hour and you're trying to feed your family on that and you maybe don't have all this technology or you're not comfortable with it. Um, you know, my, before I joined Peridus Group and I my last in-house job until – year and a half ago, three years at a, at a casino. So that was hospitality, restaurant, you know, um, not just the sexy, you know, gambling sort of jobs, but the behind the scenes stuff, right? The cooks and the security and- Oh, I had you there doing the roulette. Oh, um, 
but they, you know, I had a lot of, a, a, a lot of applicants there that struggled. Um, they didn't have email addresses. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. this was not an age. Really, yeah. They're yeah. 20 years old and they didn't. Um, so they struggled with, um, Sorry. you know, online applications or online yeah. onboarding or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we had to, we actually streamlined when I got in there, we stripped back a bunch of stuff that had been put in by predecessors that hadn't thought it through very well. Um, and um, so I, I, I ripped a lot of crap out um, to make it easier for, for the applicants um, because there was this digital divide. And, uh, but that's it. You, yeah. you nailed it there, Robin, right? The, 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 almost the application process should be accessible for the applicant, not right. solely weighted on we as a company, what information do we need? Right. Um, I, I know it, it forms that kind of candidate experience piece, but you know, like you say, again, simple things like you know, people not having email and that, that's a barrier to them getting employment. You right. know, and you need to kind of think about the different potential um, approaches that they might, how they might need to apply and yeah. how to account for that. You know, yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's such an interesting one, man, seriously. It's, needless to say, there is so much more work to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which will keep us very busy for years. Yes, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is indeed. I, I see. I see a book number two coming out of. Uh, uh no. lessons learned, huh? No, no, uh, no, not out of this yeah. little Benjamin. I still like. I, I literally, yeah. I hate this thing. Like, ask Glenn. He'll he'll text me a message, and I'll send him a voicemail back because I'm like, yeah, oh. It, it typically, I typically get about two text messages in response, and then the rest and is then, voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> it's voice oh. messaging. It's voice oh. messaging. It's just like <laughs> I, I still hate my keyboard, but I do. I, yeah, someone should do one. Lessons learned from mm. this as well, because I do think it's bringing up so much stuff, which I think is such mm. a gift. Yeah, for, yeah, for us to see as well. So many different. Yeah. Interesting. And from a like a hiring manager's perspective, Robin, you, you know, we come back to that principle of open hiring. You know, th there is a real mindset set shift there, and a, a different leadership approach that's that's required for open hiring, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, do, I mean, I don't know. Big question: How easy do you think it is to train leaders to be ready for open hiring? I, I don't know. I mean, is it you know? Yeah, I think, well, you you almost have to start from, you're, you, you have to start from a place of, we're an organization, before we even get to the, we're going to bring in open hiring, you have to make sure that your organization is a, um, to use the cliche, a learning organization, mm -hmm. where it's, you know, we know that we are going to grow and develop people, we're going to give them tools, we're going to give them training, we're going to teach them, mm -hmm. we're going to mentor, we're going to support. You have to start with that because if at your core you don't believe in that or we can do mm -hmm. it or we're going to commit our – because that takes time, you know, and we're going to commit our time to that. You have to you have to have that in place first. Yeah. Um, and then you can go to the open hiring piece because then you're saying, mm -hmm. you know what, we're going to get people in. Yeah. And we're going to assess their skills and we're going to see what their interests are and mm -hmm. we're going to develop them. Yeah. Um, and there but, has to be yeah. the time to develop them and the yeah. right. 
yeah. her willingness. Yeah. So uh, Emma mm-hmm. Freivogel, who we had on from Radical Recruit at the beginning of the year, she was our first guest, and actually we're going to bring her back in soon. Uh, she doesn't know mm-hmm. that yet. I haven't told her. But she, anyway, <laughs> yeah, you um, should probably, okay. probably tell her that. Yeah, anyway. Um, But she was talking to me uh, about, so she is all about getting people um, uh, ex-care, sorry, uh, disabled, et cetera, whatever they might be, uh, Mm -hmm. certainly uh, um, ex-prison system back into work. Anyway, Mm -hmm. she had Mm -hmm. somebody who has a visual impairment and it was all Mm -hmm. brilliant from the HR team, but then, of course, the manager in the restaurant didn't have the patience with this person and didn't put all of the things. So it was all a lack of communication, a lack of readiness, a lack of patience. Right. And and that was really frustrating because, of course, this man was heartbroken. He was so excited to be working there, but then... Absolutely. You know, the the other sort of organisational readiness piece is... Mm. um, Okay, we're a learning organization. Mm. It also has to be um, an organizational culture that's that views it as what's what's good for what's good for one is good for all. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what we're looking at is the good of the organ for the, what's for the good of the organization, yeah. so that you get out of this model that that so many companies have of um, bringing somebody in. You know, here's the typical right. I'm, I'm Bob. I've been hired as a customer service rep. But my goal is to really work in marketing. But I'm in this organization that tells me I have to be in my 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 position for 12 months before I can even apply internally. Mm-hmm. And then even when I apply internally, my existing manager has to approve that I can be released. Yeah. You see that a lot, right? Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna have an organization that believes in open hiring and 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 growing and developing people you also have to throw oh, away the sort of siloed mentality and managers mm-hmm. have to understand bob is a great employee and i love having him on my team but mm-hmm. he'll be better for the organization if i let him move to yeah. the distribution yeah. center or whatever absolutely that kind of internal mobility right so exactly you know, it's, it's really about what's good for the business and well, yeah. the individual and the business as opposed to a hiring manager going, I want the best team. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going back a weenie bit just because this is really sweet what's been shared. So uh, Jayashree is actually in India um, and she and I were actually chatting on a video chat and having really serious mm. technical issues. But um, this was quite interesting as well. So um, what she'd written before was that candidates often prefer face-to-face in a video call Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of it comes down, of course, the struggle with their English language and they feel much mm-hmm. more relaxed in person than on mm-hmm. technology. That's, That's true. a really interesting point that I just not thought about, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to share it. Mm-hmm. Someone else did not thought yeah. about it. Because uh, I think mm-hmm. as well, when you're so comfortable yourself, I mean, I've been doing this mm-hmm. show for like what, nearly five years or something. I I'm, mm-hmm. don't think twice about it. I'd rather jump on this mm-hmm. than be in person. I, I'd expect yeah. the same of others. It's Yeah. I think I think there's an education piece there, isn't there, for hiring managers who are interviewing to say, look, first and foremost, if if there are technical glitches, that's going to make the interviewee nervous straight away, right? So you need to almost pause the interview, try and reset that, and then continue. And if it continues, then you stop the interview and go, look, this is clearly this is not going to be great for you. It's not going to be a great experience for both of us. Let's reschedule. Let's be patient and think about it. Mm. And equally, hiring managers have got to go into a video interview, not expecting everybody to be really familiar with it. So yeah. if you spend a minute or two just context setting, making that person feel at ease, that's your responsibility as an interviewer. 
right? You've got to set the right environment for that person to really. So you're talking about know, like the walk from the foyer to the meeting room. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't, do we? We just push in. But you That's know, the most important piece, or, you know, it's kind of, or not the most important piece, but no, it's, it's sorry. The bit where you get, you get to relax comment. people. Sorry, I'm so rude. Okay. I read the comment while Glenn was speaking. I'm so sorry, but it was just too funny because I'm like drowning under my fringe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Glenn. You know, that's uh, interesting uh, um, Katrina, yeah. the, um, the part the part that we miss or that we potentially miss with virtual interviews, if it's going to yeah. be a virtual remote working employee, that's one thing, right? You know, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. virtual all the way. Yeah. But if we're hiring for somebody to be on site yeah. um, and we're interviewing only virtually and then, you know, uh, but then they're going to report to the office, the piece that we miss, which is important, and it's yeah. important to me um, as a, as a, when I've been a job seeker um, is how do we, we have to find then a way to give that, that candidate the feel and the vibe of the office. The office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're missing out on that. Oh, what is it like to walk down the hall? Mm. Oh, it's deathly quiet. Oh, what a bunch of humorless, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, not going that. Actually, it was spring where Glenn and I met, like hmm? two thousand and four. I must have been interviewing with them, I think. And no, yeah, no, I was there five years, and I left two thousand nine. Whatever the mass was at it, anyway. But the not being shown the office. And to be honest, if I've been shown the office, I might have said no. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I was shown like the meeting room, which was all wonderful. <laughs> and then there was the office. I mean, that even just that has changed, video or not. Yeah. The, the mm -hmm. people wanting to see will show me the environment, yeah. which I think is actually really yeah. cool. Um, I can't believe we're out of time. Good. Oh, really? Went, I know, well, we do 45 oh. minutes-ish. <laughs> what about the... Uh... Oh, shit. I always forget. Um, oh, mine's in the other room. Huh? Yeah. Mine's in the other room. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's okay. So um, we are to help out. This is my little way of helping out. I'm giving away copies of the Robot Proof Recruiter. So if you see one of my updates saying tag someone you know who has been made redundant or furloughed, um, but you have to write something good about them because yeah. we want that person to feel a little bit better. So, um, but I put all the names that have been listed so far in a drawer. We did the little thingo. And the two names Come that roll. came out are, oh, that was really lame. Um, Jocelyn Kimbrough. Kimbrough, sorry, I'm Australian. Can't pronounce oh, here we me. go. I can't. It's like it's impossible. <laughs> um, I don't know how. Actually, I can't pronounce either of them. I know it's Justin Kimbra. Kimbra. I don't know. Anyway, Renee, go fast. Let's go forth. Go forth. Can't read my handwriting. Jocelyn and Renee for the pronunciation. Jocelyn and Renee. Anyway. <laughs> I just can't. Every time I'm. Well, congrats to you yeah, both. Well done. Well done. Well done. And, uh, so yes. I just think it's very important. Awesome. Give it back to, yeah, give back to the community. And we'll be doing that next week as well, Katrina? We shall so indeed. people can tag. Yeah, yeah. Tag, yes. and tag just, just in case in. it sounds really conceited, I do actually have to purchase my own copies. And the royalties go yeah. to Hope for Justice Charities, so hence I go on about it so much. Um, yeah. Robin Schooling, I believe you also have a – well, it's a podcast, isn't it? Cause I've been on it. Yeah. I've forgotten the yeah. name of it, though, because I'm having Friday afternoon brain fog. What's Where can people find more Robin? Robin? People can find Robin all over the place. Um, <laughs> Google Robin. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, my blog. Um, now, where's the podcast? I've forgotten the name. Uh, drive, through drive Through HR. Drive Through HR. 
So we um, celebrating 10 years this year. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we go live. So we do live as well. We just do it old yeah. school on the, on the radio. Um, and we've re we took a little break over the last couple of weeks, but we did uh, we did a Tuesday show this past week. Um, we did an episode a show last night, a live show. Um, we've got um, Jerome from Smart Recruiters is on with us next Wednesday, I believe. So generally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, lunchtime, U.S. lunchtime, and then um, we've been throwing in a couple of evening shows here now to kind of keep people together. That's awesome. When we're awesome. all napping over here, we're all mm. snoozing and missing it. Oh, no. oops! Where did she go? Oh, I lost my uh, time. Goes and she's off. Anyway, so while while Robin's disappeared, <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Now. Something we said. Um, next week we have uh, Stephen Kosaka, and we're dreadful. We are coming to you live on Good Friday because to us, doesn't it feel like Groundhog Day at the moment? So, and actually, it was too important a topic, so we slotted him in. Um, we really wanted to talk about how you really should be treating your candidates through this. Um, mm -hmm. Just because it's here doesn't mean you get to drop the ball on that. So there'll be a good conversation about that. He's the head of talent acquisition um, and gets stunned at the way he gets treated by people, considering they could be his future team. team but it will be interesting. Um, thank goodness we Robin. know how beautiful Robin is, even though she's still here. Can you hear me? Still here. Just here. Are you in the dark or something? I'm just in the dark. I don't know why. What the hell? That's <laughs> so one way to end the show. Oh, I mean, absolutely a brilliant like, way to end the I show. <laughs> right, I'm Robin, out. I'm done. I've had enough. Anyway, Robin, we can still see you kind of. Yay! Robin's got posh lighting in her house. you got to wave your hands hmm. around. Anyway, thank you for those wonderful pearls of wisdom. Thank you, Robin. And everyone, thanks for so many questions and comments, actually on so many different channels as well. It's very cool. Um, we shall see you all at the same time next week at 3 o'clock. Uh, sorry, gee, British summertime. Apparently it's summer. I'm not convinced. Um, and, of course, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We shall see you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>